0: Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Kublai campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. God first. So we're going through a series on uh, the Sermon on the Mount, and we're in Matthew chapter 6 today. And there was this family who were sitting... After uh, the Sunday morning service, having lunch, and the daughter said, the sermon wasn't too good today. And uh, the son jumped on and supported that and said, actually, the music was terrible today. And uh, the father said, it was so hard to find parking, you know, today. Today. And the mom said, well, what do you expect for $2, you know, uh, (laughs) so you you get what you pay for. I was just looking at some of the the 10 most popular books in the world uh, today, and they're all about getting rich. They're all about getting rich, like, you know, The Millionaire Next Door. Read that, you know, because you too can become like The Millionaire Next Door. You know the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Uh, how Rich People Think, good book to read. Think and Grow Rich. And then this one, you're so money, live rich even if you're not. And then this one, which I'm about to get, The Automatic Millionaire. You know. <laughs> Well, folk, the Bible has a lot to say about money and finances, and uh, Jesus spoke about the kingdom of God the most, but the second most that Jesus spoke about was the topic of money and giving. In fact, out of uh, the 39 parables that Jesus spoke of, uh, 17 of them, that's over 40%, were about money, and so... Ironically, Jesus didn't have too much money himself, but he talked about it a lot. And so there are some churches and some preachers who speak a lot about money. Uh, in principle, Michael and I don't talk about money. But this is the topic that came up and so uh, in the series, and so we need to not avoid it, but speak about it as well. There are those who will say, you need to sow in the kingdom. You know, they'll convince you and say that we need a new jet to get from one state to the other state to preach the gospel. If you don't sow money in this, then, you know, uh, you won't be blessed and you won't be part of allowing that word of God to go out. So make sure that you contribute to that new jet. Well, I'll be gentle with you this morning. It's the Harley Davidson I'm asking you. No. (laughs) But there are some who focus so much on money and giving. Little boy swallowed a 20 cent coin, and uh, his mother said, let's take him to the emergency at the hospital. And the husband said, no, let's just take him to the pastor. And uh, she said, why is that? And he said, well, our preacher, our pastor can get money out of anyone. And so. (laughs) Folk, as a rule, we don't preach about money in this church. And let me tell you why. Because since we started this church in August 2015, God has blessed us. And when I say started this church, the people in this church. Because the church is made up of people. It's the Greek word, ekklesia, called out people. You can have a beautiful, beautiful cathedral without people. That's not a church. That's a beautiful building. It's made up of people. And so, let me tell you a little bit about the Kublap story. I think it's important to tell you this because uh, some of you have approached me and asked me about, will we be able to cope without Buragoon? And folk, we're a campus of Buragoon, and we're hoping to, by the end of June, to become a church plant, uh, an independent church plant. And so, this building actually belongs to the Baptist Churches of Western Australia, uh, which belongs to... Uh, The building belongs to the government, and they've given it to Baptist Churches Western Australia. If it no longer functions as a church, we have to give it back to government. So this block and the block where the parking is are two blocks, and it, it will belong to us as long as we use it for a church. And so we're grateful to God for that. So there is no debt on that. Also think it's important to say that this church has not needed to be bailed out by one cent from the Buragoon campus. Since the beginning, not one cent. Why? Because you have given to the sustainability of this church. And so I'm grateful to God for that. Let me just tell you some of the stuff that's taken place in this church since we started off in August 2015. This section over here of this church, all where the bricks are, this section down here, was Yellow. The top section was blue. I, I thought it was the other way around, Dave. And I checked it last night. In fact, there's a photo of you, Dave Masters. You're busy painting the corners on top uh, of, the, of, the, um, of the air conditioners, which was blue. So it, we came in, and the initial uh, task was to just paint this section out, and we'll leave the rest for later. Folk, there was a team that got in. They painted this whole church in about two weeks. They painted the whole church in two weeks. And so we're grateful to God for that. One of the great guys in our church rendered the whole front building. It was amazing how God used this young man and his gift and talent to render the front of this whole building. It was just amazing how it happened. There were 70 chairs, sorry, 80 chairs when we got here. You'll see the yellow legs of these chairs are the chairs that we had when we got here. Then we needed more chairs, and I was invited to go and look at these big movie-style chairs. I thought, those are our chairs from Kublai, man. Except they were, they were welded together three at a time, and you had to bolt them into the ground. So we probably only fit about 50 in here, but at least we could have movies and popcorn. No, no. Um, <laughs> And then somebody said, what do the chairs look like? Because we've got 70 chairs that are in the demountable at the back, and we want to get rid of them. And I had a look at the chair, and the ones with the gray are the ones that we got. So the yellow we had, yellow legs we had, the gray ones we got, and they gave us another 70, exactly the same plastic back. What are the chances of that? But wait, there is more. <laughs> the cupboards just a couple of years ago were donated to us. Cupboards that you see in the other room, that back uh, sofa couch uh, at the back there was donated to us by uh, a group of lawyers. Those cupboards uh, plus printers and office equipment and cupboards in the office uh, plus the cupboards in the kitchen, uh, cupboards worth over $10,000, and they fit so well in the kitchen that it's about two or three millimeters on either side. That's how perfect they fit in to the kitchen. And so that was uh, donated to us. New lights outside have been paid for, lights that light up our two parking lots and also uh, just outside this main uh, hall here. Um, The sprinkler system was donated. I said uh, that, you know, the gentleman said that it's going to cost X amount, but if uh, you come and help me dig the holes, uh, I'll do it at cost price. I said, when can we start? And so, you know, we dug the trenches and he laid the pipe uh, basically cost price. Um, That whole play area was donated um, by somebody in the church. The paving Uh, was done by somebody in the church. Uh, This piano was donated uh, from an outsider that wanted to give it away. The flowers that you see all around have been donated. The notice board has been donated. Um, The shed outside has been donated. All these benches uh, that are all over the place, they have been donated. Um, The air conditioners in the office's these two were here. The others that are in the other rooms have all been donated. The colourbond fence. Uh, I don't know. For those of you who, who were here years ago, there was this terrible uh, number of Villiers, however you say them, but they are bogan, That's for jolly sure. <laughs> that were just creeping up the wall, and, and they had over the years, you know, meshed into the fence and. Um, people would come and, and I remember those of you who came and trimmed and that go home, you're kind of covered in blood and scratches and then having to go and dump the stuff. Praise the Lord, somebody came and took that away and were able to put, on, put that color bond fencing there, all paid for. There was a lady who struggled, she sadly passed on now, um, she struggled who lived up the road here and uh, she was going to be kicked out of her, her rental. And so I uh, mentioned at the one week and said, listen, we need to collect a little bit of money if we can try and keep her in uh, her rental. And people people from this church gave so much that we paid her outstanding water and electricity and rent. And we paid it six months in advance. That's this church. I don't know if we're allowed to boast, but I'm boasting about you. We give a lot to Kubi Cares. From the very beginning, we've given a lot to Kubi Cares. We're involved in the school uh, up up the road here. Whenever they need something, they let uh, us know, and we contribute to that. These blinds were donated. Somebody paid for these blinds. Uh, The screens outside were paid for. Uh, The first month we got here, somebody broke in, and uh, we were able to put screens up. That was all paid for by people in this church. The laminate flooring that you see out in the passageway. Folk, uh, you know, the carpet looked terrible. It was this thin carpet and needed to be replaced. Somebody said, why don't we put laminate flooring? I said, well, that's quite expensive. Get two quotes and I'll pay for it, the guy said. And so that has all been donated. Fridges, freezers, this amazing sound system with all these... Feedback speakers and and amazing microphones and stands and all the fancy stuff that you see up here that makes this church sound amazing, that has been donated. Remember, we had these two poles that took up the whole stage. Folks, look at it. It's amazing now. Um, Then the stage that creaks when fat people stand on it, you know, um, it's about to be renovated and somebody has uh, promised to pay for that. There are flat-screen TVs that people have donated in each room here. If you run short of a flat-screen TV we've got, we can give back to you. Um, you know, the alarm system was donated by somebody outside of this church. You know, um, doesn't even come to this church and say, listen, I want to bless you guys with an alarm system and cameras. So those of you sleep, I'm able to watch afterwards. No. So, so, folk, you know, has God been good? Absolutely. Has He been good? Are you afraid that we might not make it on our own? Well, then you lack faith. I can tell you now, God has been faithful to this church in the last nearly six years. And I believe it will only get better. And so I want to give God the glory for that. When it comes to money, there are a number of different schools of theology when it comes to giving. Uh, One of them is poverty theology. You know, that says that you need to sell everything and live in poverty, because there are poor people amongst us, and so, you know, when you give to the poor, then you are um, kind of doing the right thing. Jesus never actually said that. He said it once to the rich young ruler to to sell all his possessions and give to, to God, and give to the poor, actually. And why was that? Because that rich young ruler had made his possessions his God. And so, you know, we read in, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, the love of money is the root of all evil. Not money. The love of money is the root of all evil. And so this poverty mentality sometimes is not the best one. And so I think it's fair to say that there is nothing wrong with having money as long as the money does not have you. Nothing wrong with having money, as long as the money doesn't have you. Then there's also what we might call prosperity theology. Name it, frame it, claim it. You know, If you want to be healthy and you want to be rich, you just claim it, man. And as you claim it, God will bless you. And if you don't have enough and you're sick, well, that's because you lack faith. That would be the prosperity uh, theology uh, school. And so, you know, uh, you are to, you can have a lot, and it's your own fault if you don't have a lot. That's what that school would say. And um, both, you know, extremes and both sides of that spectrum to an extreme are extremely dangerous. And so proper theology would help us uh, to try and make sense of what Jesus was saying in Matthew chapter 6. And so let's um, read Matthew 6 verses 19 to 24. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Well, point number one, Jesus gives us a caution Be careful, he's saying. He warns us that uh, it's extremely dangerous to to hoard stuff, to hoard stuff that that is of no value. And so in verse 19, he says, do not store up yourselves treasures on earth. There's a beautiful play on words here. It actually says, don't treasure for yourselves treasures on earth. Don't treasure treasures on earth. And... uh, You know, he didn't say earthly treasures are bad. And so please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. It's good to have money. It's good to have wealth. That's a blessing from God. But he's saying be careful because it's not secure. You could get ripped off. It could rust. uh, It could, um, you know, get eaten up, uh, which reminds me of Proverbs 23 verse 5 that says, cast but a glance at riches and they are gone, for they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. And so what he's saying there, um, have a look at one of the, your earthly possessions, uh, perhaps my car or my home, or perhaps your boat, whatever it, that it might be. Choose one of them and imagine it sprouting wings and flying off. That's what that proverb is saying. Be careful because you only have it momentarily. And so be careful that when you become so in grossed and entrenched in it, that it could, you know, part from you quite quickly. Because we know uh, today you have it, tomorrow it's gone. You know, Jesus is not saying you could lose it or you may lose it. He's saying you will lose it because you only have it temporarily. There's this new program on TV called Space Invaders. And there's a disclaimer uh, that says compulsive hoarding is a mental disorder uh, marked by an obsessive need to acquire and keep things. And when I read this to my wife, she said, that's you, your books. You know, I'm going, okay, I'm leaving. You know, um, need to acquire and keep things, even if the items are worthless, hazardous, or uh, insane. Oops, you know, and so I'm going... You know, this is dangerous. Folk, you can have people who have hoarded newspapers for 30 years and have piled them up to the roof, and you call that person insane. The conversation's taking place all over the place uh, now. <laughs> there are other people who have got 30 cats, and you call that, wow, what a good person, you know. But others will say that person's insane. But if a person has more money and wealth, than they can ever spend in their lifetime, plus another lifetime, but are not prepared to give to the poor. That person is such a role model. We put them on the front page of a magazine and we say how great they are. And you wonder how insane people get that name of insanity. Well, I think what Jesus is saying is that we are citizens of heaven and we're only here for a few decades. So be careful who has your heart. Be careful who has your heart. And so there is this, this caution, be careful um, where your treasure is. And so then he gives us a challenge on, you know, what we can do about this. And he says, you know, uh, in verse 20, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. You know, treasure for yourself treasures in heaven. And what is Jesus saying there? You know, is he opposed to having us having treasures or money? Absolutely not. He's not saying that at all. But he wants us to uh, make sure that we, we put our treasures in the right location. You know, when you go and buy a property, they always say, location, location, location. Well, I think Jesus came up with that. Because he's saying, when you store up treasures, make sure they're in the right location. And what is Jesus saying there? Well, store them up uh, in the things of God and in people. In the things of God and in people. And so, yes, have your home, have your car, have your boat. But make sure that you don't neglect the things of God. Make sure you don't neglect the things of God. Make sure that you are nourishing the souls of people. That you're not laying yourself treasures that are uh, fruitless, but where they will produce much fruit instead. Those of us who give, uh, I'm one of them, Uh, whether it's by cash or or through internet banking, when I push uh, go or pay now, um, then I always say, see you in heaven. <laughs> you know, when you See you in heaven. Because I know that I'm investing in the things of God. And so when I give my money to the church, then I say, see you in heaven. <laughs> because that's where I'm investing. Yeah. There's a story uh, of a parable... Uh, of a shipwrecked sailor who was carried to this island. And I'll read it to you. And so uh, the sailor washed up on a South Sea island and the natives hoisted him on, his, on their shoulders and carried him into the village where they placed him on this crude throne and made him their king. Little by little, the sailor learnt it was the custom of these people to choose a man each year to be their king. King for a year, he thought. He liked the idea because the natives did anything he asked. He wondered about the previous kings, however, and where they were. Soon he learned that every year when the kinship ended, the king was carried to a nearby barren island where he was banished and would starve to death. The sailor sailor who was now king didn't like that idea that he was going to be king for a year and then banished to this island. But he was a clever king, so he ordered all the carpenters to build boats, then transported his farmers to the barren island, where they planted all kinds of fruit trees and gardens. At his command, they dug a well with fresh water and placed livestock on the island. Then he ordered the carpenters to build a comfortable home, and when his kinship was over, he was banished to this island, but instead of a barren island where he would starve to death, he went to an island of abundance because he transferred so many of the resources there. And that's the parable uh, of our lives. While we're here, we have temporary management of our resources. But while we're here, we get to choose what we do with those resources. A wise person realizes heaven is their eternal home, and so they send their resources off to their final destination. So we have a caution We have a challenge, but we also have the code, the code. And that code uh, is found in verse 21, where Jesus says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And in my over 30 years of of ministry, I didn't fully get what Jesus was saying. So my understanding was uh, where I, uh, you know, put my money that's where my treasure is but what Jesus is actually saying here uh, because you know I could be giving to feeding the poor or or giving to missions or or to the orphanages Uh, but what Jesus is actually saying here is that you know where you give your money that's where your heart is as well does that make sense where you give your money that's where your heart goes Not where your heart is, that's where your money goes. No, where you give your money, your heart goes. It's a simple but subtle difference, but it's actually 180 degrees different. Why is that? Because I say, well, you know what, I'm not really interested in that, but in that. No, where I give my money, that shows where my heart is. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's talking about my heart, so my treasure first, then my heart will be there as well. And the word for heart, there's a Greek word, cardia, where we get the English word cardia or heart. But it's actually talking about my feelings and my thoughts and my emotions. So as I give, so the code is that my heart follows that principle. And then, what you share, you keep. But what you keep, you lose. Mm, how does that make sense? What I share, I actually keep. But what I keep for myself, I actually lose. What is uh, kind of the principle or the code behind that? Well, you know, it's amazing when you invest in people, so it grows exponentially. It grows because you're sowing in the lives of people. And so, where you put your money, that's where your heart goes also. And then finally, there's a choice. There's a choice. Jesus says in verse 24, no one can serve two masters. You cannot serve both God and money. The King James Version says, you cannot serve God and mammon. You can't serve both. And I thought of the word serve there, and automatically my mind came up uh, with a thought of, it's clearly, it's the word diakonia, which is the common word that's used for serve, where we get the English word deacon, where people serve. Uh, but the word that's used here is one cannot serve, and the word is not theakonia, it's actually the word zulevo, which actually means you cannot slave, obey, and serve two masters. The word master is to two owners. It's either God or mammon. It's either God or money. And who is mammon? Well, mammon is actually with a capital M there um, in, in the English because uh, it's actually uh, the the Syrian name for a false god of greed, the false god of wealth. And so what Jesus is saying, be careful that you don't uh, get um, caught between two lovers, if you like. You know, God and this Syrian uh, god of wealth. And what Jesus uh, is saying, be careful because you cannot, in fact, it's impossible to serve two masters, because you'll end up loving one and despising the other one. And so the question I ask you as I ask myself, uh, who is more important in my life? You know, is it God or is it mammon? And folks, you go, well, it's pretty obvious it's God. Well, where I live, and sorry, how I live determines uh, what the answer of that question is. So God calls us to serve him and uh, to serve him well. And he invites us to store up our treasures uh, in the right places. And so that could be subtle, but it's an important investment to make in the future. Before I tell you a story about a precious stone, I want to thank you for being faithful over the last nearly six years. And I also want to encourage you do not fear. God is with us as we take the next step ahead. God has not let us down since August 2015 with not one cent. We've never had to go to, uh, to Buragoon, who's the main campus, uh, and say to us, listen, we're short of money, please can you bail us out? And so God has been faithful over and above the water, electricity, the salaries, and all the fancy things that we've done to this building. God has been faithful. And so thank you for that. Let me end off by telling you uh, a story about a monk that found this precious stone. A short time later, after he had discovered this precious jewel, the monk met a traveler. Who said he was hungry and asked the monk if he would share some of his provisions. When the monk opened his bag, the traveller saw the precious stone and on an impulse asked the monk if he could have that precious stone. Amazingly, the monk gave the tra- traveller the stone. traveller departed quickly, overjoyed with his new possession. However, a few days later, he came back searching for the monk. He returned the stone to the monk And made a request. Please give me something more valuable, more precious than the stone. Please give me that which enabled you to give me this precious stone. Powerful, hey? Please give me that which enabled you to give me this precious stone. What a faithful God we serve may god work in our hearts to give to him let's pray together father we thank you for your goodness and your love we thank you for your grace and your mercy lord all the many wonderful things that you bestow upon us we give you praise honor and adoration lord we pray that you'll go before us just as you have gone before us in the last nearly six years Lord, you are the God of the faithful. May we be faithful to you. And so go before us, Lord, we pray. And thank you for presencing yourself, Lord, in our midst. We give you glory and honor for that. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.